You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode. This is the summary of our explorations in the book of Revelation. And I've got four memorable Revelation bites to talk over with you. Uh, The first one is taken from the letter to Laodicea. It's worth thinking more about. The brethren and sisters in Laodicea were told, Because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and poor, and miserable, and blind, and naked, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire. Now, these people knew about the truth, and I think it is likely that they had not exercised their faith. In the words of Scripture, they'd hidden their faith under a bushel. Now, it is very difficult to talk about the truth these days when you're in groups of people who have such different views and lifestyles from what we do. And so I commend the principle, from my experience in dealing with lots of people, of transparency. Transparency. The use of transparency. In other words, when they ask us, we simply tell them the truth. They might say, what have you done over this last weekend? And we are able to tell them honestly. Maybe we went on Sunday school outing. We simply tell them the truth and wait for their hostility if it comes or even for their interest in the truth. You see, I think what had happened to these brethren and sisters is like happens to us. We just don't talk about it. It's very difficult to bring the subject up in ordinary conversation. And therefore they never got tested with it. People didn't say and ask them. And therefore the truth was lying ready. Remember uh, Peter in his third chapter says, Be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you. Now that's an interesting point. How do we put ourselves into a situation of them asking us? And I'm suggesting we tell them about the things that we do, not necessarily preaching, so that they will ask us, and that gives us the opportunity, uh, with meekness and fear, to tell them. These brethren and sisters in Laodicea, they were lukewarm, and as we take through the history of it, we find that after about 300 years, it was taken over by the church and became a bishopric. Now, the second overall bite that I would like to look at is the example of Turkey. Now, we said about it in our discussion on the Revelations, and in the sixth file, Revelation 16, verse 12, we're in, And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. Now, it's likely that the Euphrates, I think, is a symbol for the Turkish power itself. Some 90% of the Euphrates waters flow through Turkey. And the drying up of it 
is accurately predicted more than 1600 years beforehand. Now that's worth checking in our history books as a detailed thing, but gradually, step by step, having been very large and dominant, Turkey became very small. James Buceno is among a list of at least 10 commentators who link the pouring out of the sixth vial to the rise and fall of the Turkish power. Now, in case people think that this drying up is now concluded, we see that this is not so. It's very thrilling. The global warming is now having a major effect in Tur Turkey. The Prophecy of the drying up of the Euphrates is ongoing and one of the most convincing to be found. And of course, to look at it in the full light of the prophecy, it was that the ways of the kings of the East may be opened up. That was to say, for Israel to return to their land. And that's outside of our compass at the moment. So that's a little thought to be followed up. Now, thirdly, we've got the matter of the witnesses. Revelation 11 verse 3, I will give power unto my two witnesses. They shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days clothed in Ashkel. This still is in the language of sign and symbol. Now what are these two witnesses? Well I think they represent classes of political and religious people, perhaps among them being real Bible people, but we know and we see it in modern days, some people actually stand up for freedom and liberty, whatever the truth of the matter is. What is the significance of the time period for their witnessing has been told by the scripture 1260 days. Now we've already mentioned this because in the book of Revelation we are on symbolic times. A day for a year is often employed by God. They were therefore to be witnessing for 1260 days in the sign language of Revelation is 1260 years of history. So when would the period of their witnessing commence? Well, the true believers were under pressure from when the apostate Christianity had recognised Christianity uh, in the Edict of Milan, which ironically it released ordinary Christians from pressure, but any Bible-based Christians came under great pressure because the matter of religion in the Roman Empire was so diluted with paganism and so many other things that our brethren were unable to be involved with it and so they were indeed pressurised. So after 1260 years, the prophet says, a symbolic end would take place. Now the date of when the oppression started for the Protestants as we mentioned when we went by it, when the Act of Milan, Edict of Milan was issued, was AD 312. And it, if it went on for 1260 years, the witnessing would therefore end in 1572. So you might say, well, big deal, never heard of that. That's not a special date. Well, what happened? History books tell us that on the 24th of August, 1572, that same date, it was and still is to this day kept as Saint Bartholomew's Day in France. On this day in France a massacre took place when no less than 30,000 Protestants were killed. 
So that date of 1572, 1260 years after 312, is most significant and it helps to cement in our minds the day for a year principle which sometimes people have a great scepticism about. It was the beginning of the oppression of Protestants and in fact it went on for another 200 years. Now the eyewitness account is given. The court spiritual advisor, a Jesuit priest, urged them to massacre the Protestants. And so beginning at Paris, the French soldiers and the Roman Catholic clergy fell upon the unarmed people and blood flowed like a river throughout the entire country. Here's a point of identification. It was prophesied that the beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit would make that war for 1260 days. And so it was the religious state that did these things. Now, it led eventually through these things to seething discontent leading to the revolution. Now I want to draw attention to something we didn't have a chance to before in Revelation 11 verse 10. And it says, And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them, over all these people they've killed, and make merry, and shall gifts one, send gifts one to another, because these two prophets, the two witnesses, tormented them that dwelt on the earth. We might wonder what the grounds for rejoicing could be. But we're told the answer is that when the news of this great thing reached the Pope, he was extremely glad because the Protestants had been a thorn in his side and he declared a jubilee and the ninth verse of the eleventh chapter says and they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves what on earth does that mean not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves what does it mean so how was it that their dead bodies were not put in graves History tells us that as an additional celebration by the Pope, a medal was struck commemorating the slaying of those witnesses. Now, so their bodies, in inverted commas, were always able to be seen. How could they be seen? They were on the medals that were on people's sides, and so they were never able to be buried. Now, that's incredible. Now the fourth thing I want just to mention is what I call the linkage of the Old and New Testaments. Now this is going back to Daniel and back to the Revelation. Daniel 7 verse 25, it says in, in the context, and they shall be given into his hand until time, times, and the dividing of time. Now for some 600 years people who read those words were totally unable to interpret, had no idea what time times and a half could mean. And that led until the Holy Spirit, through John, revealed it in this book of Revelation. In the twelfth chapter, the sixth verse, she hath a place prepared of God that they should feed her a thousand two hundred and threescore days. So there is the twelve hundred and sixty days. And twelve verse fourteen, where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. So within those few verses, the Holy Spirit reveals something that for 600 years, they were, what's time, time and a half? Well, actually, it says the dividing of times. 
and we're now told by John it's, it's a half a time. And so that means the 200, 203, 1,203 school days. And so there's a wonderful thing happening 600 years later which interprets what Daniel had said previously. Overall, this is just a taster of a major and thrilling subject in its own right. And there we shall end these little bites. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found the episode helpful. Don't forget, most of these episodes are also available as videos on our video channel, cdvideo.org. So head over and take a look. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions, please get in touch or leave us a voice message. We love to hear your feedback. You can email us at bt f at cdvideo.org If you enjoyed the episode, then please share it with others. Until next time, may God bless you in your studies and your walk towards God's kingdom. Amen.